Welcome to the Dream for Others podcast. I'm Naomi Arnold, an award-winning business and life passion coach, writer, speaker, and human rights activist. This show features inspiring conversations with those who use their platform, passions, and uniqueness to make a difference in the world. If you are big-hearted, open-minded, a lifelong learner, and are on a mission to help create a better world, this is the podcast for you. Now let's get started and dream for others. Today I am excited to have Ula from Oxfam on the Dream for Others podcast. She is the campaign lead for Oxfam Australia's food, climate and land justice work. For the past decade or so, she has worked as an advocate, campaigner, researcher and communicator within the environmental and international development sectors in Australia, Indonesia and the Pacific. I was over the moon to have an opportunity to chat with her about the wonderful work that Oxfam is doing and what we can learn from her and them on progressing social change and important issues. Hello, Ula, and thank you so much for taking time out to chat with me today on the Dream for Others podcast. Hi, Naomi. It's wonderful to be here. Awesome. Well, I'm just going to jump straight in and ask you about Oxfam, just in case there's people who are listening who aren't familiar with what it is that you do. So if you can just introduce us to to Oxfam and its mission and wow, how it's making a difference and the why behind its work, that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So Oxfam is a worldwide international development organisation that really aims to mobilise the power of people against poverty. Um, and I guess, you know, unfortunately, we're still living in a world where one person in three lives in poverty. And it is a world that I think we can see that it's really characterised by profound inequality. Um, we've got a situation now where the world's richest 62 people own around the same wealth as the poorest 3.6 billion. And that's, um, that's a, you know, that's really a statistic to, to stop you in your tracks. We've still got a situation where we're producing enough food to feed all 7.4 billion of us, but one in people, one in nine people are still going hungry every single day. So Oxfam's really determined to change this world by mobilising the power of people against poverty. Um, and around the world, um, we work to find practical and innovative ways for people to lift themselves out of poverty and really thrive. So we do this in a whole bunch of ways. Um, we save lives and we help to rebuild livelihoods when crisis strikes and we campaign and conduct big advocacy campaigns so that the voices of the poor have the capacity to influence the local and the global decisions that are affecting them. And in all that we do, um, we work with partner organisations and alongside communities around the world to end the injustices that are really causing poverty. It's incredible. And those stats are terrifying. They're just, yeah, yeah they're shocking. Shocking. They are. Um, and, you know, things. some things are really getting better and I think we're seeing that, but some things in terms of the concentration of power is actually getting quite a lot worse. So, you know, I guess our work and the work of all the wonderful people and communities around the world that are really trying hard to tackle these, you know, systematic problems um, is incredibly important and becoming more important by the day. Mm, definitely. And is, there, is this partly how you got into this work? Because when I was doing a little research into you, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was reading that you've, you've 
for a long time anyway, been interested in advocacy type work. So I'm intrigued. Is that what led you to this type of work? How did you get involved with, with Oxfam? Yeah, well, I've been, I've been with Oxfam for almost three years now. And I suppose my background is for the last decade or a bit longer, I've been pretty much focused solely on environmental and social justice issues. So um, I worked for a long time as a forest campaigner in, based in Tasmania, so really working to try and protect some amazing forests here in Australia and also overseas. Um, and then I've done a little, I sort of dipped in and out of development work. I lived in a remote part of Indonesia for a year, um, working with a wonderful, um, very small grassroots women's advocacy organisation in Sulawesi, which was just an incredible experience, just some, some of the most amazing women that I've ever met. Um, and then I came back to Australia and I did some more work around forests and I was increasingly becoming more and more interested in, I suppose, social justice and people-powered campaigning. Um, and then I moved to Vanuatu for a year, about four years ago, actually to the day, it's four years ago to the day that I um, that I got to Vanuatu, um, and I was working on a wonderful climate project with a huge amount of incredible people from climatologists to humanitarians to um, animators and film producers um, working on this incredible project that um, we delivered in a year. Um, this great, uh, it was a bit of bit of climate communications and a little bit of disaster preparedness. So we made these fabulous animations that are still being used around the Pacific to really, I guess, support communities and and individuals and organisations in provoking conversations about how they can get ready for times when there's way too much rain or not enough rain. So I worked on that in Vanuatu, which was just fabulous. And then when I came back to Australia, I'd always really admired Oxfam's work and I'd worked with Oxfam and in collaboration with Oxfam on some projects. And it just seemed like um, the place where I really wanted to be, not least because Oxfam's, I suppose, at the heart of all the work we do. We have a very strong gender justice component that's at the heart of everything. And we also, um, we work on a rights-based approach. So we believe that, you know, everybody has human rights and we're working really hard to uphold those and working in partnership with people around the world. So, yeah, so, and now I'm here and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you can pick that up in your voice and your energy. <laughs> and it's, so it sounds like you got to carry through some of, well, a lot of your past experience and passions into the work that you're doing now and still be carrying forward those, uh, I guess, those issues that you're, you're most passionate about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm passionate about a lot of issues. Um, I have a lot of passion, but I suppose, um, you know, particularly I'm, I, and I'm really lucky because I actually get to, to work, I get to come to work every day and work to make change in some of the areas that I'm most passionate about and, you know, that is, you know, food and climate justice and land justice. And I think um, particularly um, food and climate justice is very close to my heart, um, especially after living in Indonesia and in Vanuatu and the Pacific. Um, and I guess it's a funny one. So a lot of people, a lot of my friends do ask me, you know, that why, why Oxfam as, as an international development and aid organisation works and campaigns on something like climate change. And it's a really good question, I think, and in, in many ways the answer is very complex and very tricky, but in many ways it's very simple because, you know, climate change is all about people. It's not an environmental issue. Climate change is a people issue. Um, and I think what we're seeing really clearly, increasingly, that climate change is transforming the hunger challenge um, around the world um, and that families and farmers across the globe 
And some of the communities that are in incredibly vulnerable positions are being really hit so hard by the brutal impacts of climate pollution. And we're seeing, you know, climate pollution fueling extreme weather. We're seeing, you know, farming, you know, is just being played havoc with. There's increased hunger for millions of families around the world. Um, and as we're seeing pollution increasing, we're seeing more intense droughts, more intense floods and really full-on storms like tropical cyclones intensifying and making it a lot harder for families to grow and buy enough food to eat. And I think you know, over the last, well, you know, increasingly, but even like this year in 2016, we're already seeing terrifying reminders of what is at stake if we do allow the big polluters to keep damaging our climate. Um, you know, we've seen catastrophic bushfire season here in Australia, and I, I live down the coast in Victoria, and I was, I guess, I was seeing that very close to my to my house over summer, um, and we're seeing shattered temperature records. We're seeing the bleaching of our reef, and that's here in Australia, but Further abroad, we're seeing, you know, incredibly devastating events like, you know, tropical cyclones, Pam and Winston, leaving so many of our Pacific neighbours hungry and homeless. And I, I suppose, you know, for me, this cuts very close to the bone because when cyclone Pam hit Vanuatu, many of my friends were directly impacted by that. So I suppose we are seeing these things increasing in intensity. And, I, and, you know, climate change really is a story of profound inequality and profound injustice. I mean, you know, as I said, here in Australia, you know, where big polluters damage the climate, it does affect us all, but some people are hit much harder than others. And I think what we're seeing very clearly is that people who've done the least to contribute to climate change are being hit the hardest by its devastating impacts. Um, and so for our Pacific Island neighbours, you know, this is really a matter of survival. We're seeing more catastrophic cyclones. We're seeing, you know, just more intense weather and rising sea levels. It's, I guess, on one hand, you have this, but then on the other hand, we're seeing, you know, this incredible leadership from our Pacific neighbours and from our First Nations people here in Australia and all these inspiring communities around the world, you know, all the way from, say, Mozambique to, to Bangladesh, these communities are showing the most profound leadership and courage and they're really proving that a cleaner and a much fairer world is possible for all. And I think the most inspiring thing about this is people are just taking matters into their own hands. They're really fighting back against the big polluters, the big polluting companies who are, you know, putting their food and their water and their air at, you know, at incredible risk. And they're fighting back to protect their families. And so we're seeing this incredible work playing out all around the world um, I suppose, which really gives me a huge amount of hope. So we're seeing, you know, like our Pacific neighbours are really just lighting the way forward to a really bright future with this incredible leadership and really smart climate solutions. But then at the same time, you know, unfortunately here in Australia, you know, our government is still comprehensively failing the climate leadership test, which is, you know, it's really problematic because the rest of the world is moving. I mean, last last year in Paris, we've reached a landmark climate agreement. I mean, this morning, just this morning, it's come into force properly. Um, and so we're seeing all this amazing progress on a global level. But in Australia, our political leaders are still refusing to get with the program. And there's, I guess, you know, our current targets are just abysmal. You know, we it's, we're, we're seeing, you know, we are, we are behind the pack and we really need to shift this very urgently. You know, because we've got everything to gain by really embracing a pollution a pollution free future here in Australia. Um, so I think it's I think what's become more what's becoming more and more apparent. Um, 
across the board, we're seeing, you know, Australians are really calling out for climate leadership, particularly, you know, in the lead up to the election, we're seeing, you know, a huge majority of Australians saying the time to act is now. So we do know that we must ramp up our action here. We must ramp up action to cut climate pollution globally. Um, but yeah, it's, and there's so much that everybody can do. So it's, um, I guess it's, very intense times and it's very exciting times all at once. Yes, I can see how it can be really inspiring seeing what is happening elsewhere, but equally or more frustrating seeing what is not happening (laughs) at home or in places where people have that power that you spoke about. (laughs) So what are some things you think that (laughs) we can do? Like the people listening, a lot of them might be bloggers or business owners or just, or, you know, everyday people, they might not even have platforms what do you think we can do to try and push those causes or help help progress them I guess in some way yeah well I guess there's so many things like it's I guess the really exciting thing that um that you know really inspires me and activates me is that you know things like climate justice and food justice and land justice and really you know fighting for a fair world for all this is all about people And when we do act together and when we act collectively, our voices are incredibly powerful. And, you know, we still do have time to turn things around, but we need to act now. And we all have the capacity to be amazingly powerful change makers in our own communities, you know, in our schools, in our families, amongst our friendship networks and more broadly. So that's what excites me. Like, we can do this. We absolutely have the power to choose a safer and a fairer and a cleaner world for everybody, um, but we do need to take action. And I think there's, you know, as I said, there are a lot of ways that people can take action. You know, you can jump on board. I mean, I guess we're seeing, I'm getting a bit excited now. <laughs> I mean, we get we get to work with so many wonderful people. So we work with bloggers, we work with creatives, we work with photographers and writers and musicians who collaborate with Oxfam and more broadly with our partners to really create change. So I guess, you know, everybody wants to do things in different ways. So I work with um, a lot of people who are very time poor. So, you know, they want to take actions that are not taking up a huge amount of time and they can do that. There's so many digital actions you can take. You can, you know, take 20 minutes to call a decision maker or you can do something like, you know, we've got a wonderful initiative here at um, Oxfam called Oxjam where musos and uh, local change makers are really jumping on board to host like, you know, lounge room gigs, backyard gigs, to raise awareness um, and also to raise support for the work that we're doing at Oxfam. And I think, you know, we can all campaign for change. We have an amazing community network of activists and campaigners across the country, um, which is really going absolutely gangbusters at the moment. So we're seeing these wonderful community-based groups just taking action in different ways to put pressure where it needs to be. So it's like really, you know, everything from meeting directly with their local politicians through to holding, you know, wonderful public events that raise awareness and get people on board to, I guess, really ramp up the pressure where it needs to go, whether that's on our government or whether it's on corporate decision makers. Um, And, you know, depending on which campaign they're interested in, that really drives what they're going to do. But, yeah, I guess there's... There's so many ways to be involved um, and there's so many things that can be done, um, you know, to make this really urgent change. And I guess the really key thing, I think, for me and the most important thing to always remember is that we do need as many 
people on board in whatever way they can. Because if we don't have that, then we're not going to be able to achieve the really crucial change that we need to see in the world. So that acting collectively that you're talking about, it sounds like it's essential. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's also really wonderful because you, you know, being surrounded, I guess, by an incredibly diverse community of different change makers who are really taking action in all these different ways. It, you know, well, it makes, I come to work every day and I feel like the luckiest person in the world because you know, it's just this incredible privilege to be able to be surrounded by so many inspiring and wonderful people just taking action in all these different ways. And we are seeing the results. We're seeing change happening, which is so, so important. And I I love how you you touched on at the start, and I've been hearing this a lot lately, especially from advocates when I've been going to events, and that's just around you know, in the home, talking about these things more and I guess speaking up when someone at the dinner table says something and helping raise awareness in our everyday lives as well in everyday dialogues and conversations. Absolutely. And I mean, it's about in many ways, all of this and, you know, like we Oxfam, we work on a lot of campaigns. We work on Indigenous rights. We work on tax justice. We work on labour rights. Um, My particular focus is on food, climate and land justice. But I think what we're seeing across the board and with our wonderful partners and allies in Australia and globally, what we're seeing is I think one of the key things is really that we need to achieve is like reframing the debate and reframing the public conversation so that the needs of people are put first and foremost. Um, And I think in Australia, I mean, it's really exciting more broadly that we are seeing this, I guess, it's certainly not a new model, it's a very old model, but this, you know, community organising. So the the belief, and we're seeing it working very clearly and actually affecting great political change, is that it's this grassroots organising, it's grassroots conversations from person to person um, and really discussing these issues and activating people and making people think in a slightly different way and actually using that um, collectively and in a really beautiful, diverse way and celebrating that diversity to really push forward, you know, really, you know, I guess pointed political change. So it's harnessing that collective power and really working very hard to build an amazingly, you know, big, bright, diverse and exciting movement with a variety of views and opinions about different things um, and really, I guess, harnessing that people power and using it to drive change forward. And that's what I find really exciting. Yes, it's very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) And it kind of encourages people to uh, remember to use their critical thinking skills, I guess, when they're listening to political debate and to the media and to dialogues about these issues instead of just believing, I guess, what they've been told as facts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... I spoke a little bit earlier about the concentration of power and the fact that, you know, we are living in an incredibly unjust world. You know, our world is a world of inequality. And, you know, I guess the power of critical thinking, if you're listening to the news, if you're hearing particular opinions being put forth by particular people, I guess I always think, you know, think one step forward, you know, who, who owns that company or who, who's, you know, where are the interests lying? Like, uh, you know, where are people's vested interests lying and how is that informing the way that, that debates are framed publicly? Um, so it is really interesting and I think it's important for us all to, you know, to to have that, I guess, front of mind that don't, don't be a passive, don't be a passive consumer, be an active change maker. You know, think about things, think about the information that you're receiving, um, how it's set out, 
and if that's correct or if that sits with you. And if it doesn't sit with you, then do something to change it. Yes. <laughs> Fist pumps. <laughs> now, the, one of the things, and I, I think you've touched on some of the ways already, but one of the things that gets me really excited is when I see people who draw on their passions and their uniqueness and have a platform and then use that platform to progress change in these types of areas and I imagine that you would see examples of this in your work and you've you've mentioned some around the musicians and and bloggers and and whatnot I'd just love to hear some examples I guess of people out there using their platform or, or how they're using it you know to do good Yeah, absolutely. Well, the bloggers space is a really interesting one and a really exciting one. I think it's a space that Oxfam's been moving into more recently, but just really creating, I guess, um, well, not creating because it already exists, but really, I guess, tapping into this really powerful community of progressively minded bloggers and working in collaboration and partnership. You know, we have, we have a bloggers group, which, which is, you know, anybody can access, um, and so I guess creating, deliberately creating a community of people that do care about these really important issues. And I guess just looking at ways that, you know, I guess strategically we can get these very crucial messages out um, to different audiences and to people that may, you know, potentially may not think about these things all the time. Um, so we've got a really vibrant and amazing bloggers group, which is ongoing um, and is very, very exciting. We do, as I mentioned, you know, we do a lot of work with wonderful designers and photographers and artists. And I think I did mention this a bit earlier, but I guess it's the one that's sort of really in my mind, which is Oxjam, which is, you know, the musician sort of, well, it's this amazing intersection between wonderful musicians and wonderful community members. And it's just, you know, this incredible project, which has, which has sort of finished for this year, but it's an annual event. Um, so I think but in terms of platforms, it's, it is like having a powerful platform is a very powerful tool um, and it's really interesting, I think, when, when speaking to people about it's like opening your mind up to see, you know, what you have around you, what are the tools at your disposal and how you can actually create change um, with your particular platform that you're running and with your voice and with your, I guess, worldview. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I think it's shaking up that that old thinking that we seem to have that you can't mix, for example, business with politics or issues that are political. And I don't know, I just think that's a bit old fashioned and it's time to now, you know, business has changed, especially in the world of online business and blogging. And it's just such a wonderful opportunity there to to start using that for for good in the ways that you're talking about. Absolutely. At the end of the day, all of this is about people. It's about people's passions. It's about, I think, you know, it, it worries me sometimes when I hear people, you know, talking about things or even, you know, talking about, you know, people like, you know, consumers. And it's like, well, people aren't consumers. They're people. They might be people who buy things or eat things, but you know, they're they're active agents. They're they're not a passive sort of whiteboard that you can, you know, piff things at. Um, <laughs> and I think you know, people can be. I think it's it's sort of in some ways it can be a little bit easy to be co-opted by that and be like, oh well, you know, this just gets fed to me and I'll take it. But that's not the way it needs to be, and in fact, that's not the way it should be. So I think it's just activating 
a few little synapses in your brain and then you, you just it's just it's a tiny little pivot I guess in the way that you view the world mm. and, so, and taking control and saying no I've got the power to make some change here this is a wonderful thing and it's just so important and mm. easy to do yeah we're talking about humans here <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> and I've discovered through my coaching and work that a lot of the time people who are new to business or blogging are really scared I guess or lost about where to start with all of this because they feel like they have to have a lot of money or a massive platform or audience uh, before they can I guess do anything in this area even though they really want to but from everything that you're just saying like it's we've got that power we we can start to do things now and I suspect you don't need a lot of money. (laughs) No, no, you can do so many things with absolutely no money. And I I mean I I know this very well because my my beginnings when I really started to I guess make that change in myself and go, actually I, I can make a change here, you know. I was I was working, I mean I was in a campaign um landscape which is um similar but different. I was like, you know, I guess on the ground, sort of not in the digital space at all at that point. But, you know, but we had like we had no resources and but you can make resources and you don't need, yeah, you don't need budget to be able to make change. It's really simple. You just need, um, you need a big heart, you need passion um, and you need, the, I guess, the will and the desire to just step up and get on board with this amazing movement that is happening right across the world and jump on board with it because it is the most wonderful thing. And I think you see your entire life and the entire way that you view the world shifting fundamentally and it's just a beautiful thing. It's very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, money is not an object. It's mm-hmm. helpful but it's definitely not a barrier to making change and making really effective change. Mm. And the people listening to this podcast, just because of the type of podcast it is, will be big-hearted and passionate (laughs) and want to make change. So go and jump on the Facebook community for Oxfam (laughs) and get going. (laughs) I'll I'll post the link with the show notes so that everyone can find it. Yeah, it's really easy to find. You can jump on our website, oxfam.org.au, and there's a how you can get involved button. Just click on that and there's a blogging link straight from that. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Now, everything you've been talking about today, the types of issues and injustices that people like to complicate sometimes, especially, I guess, in the media or politically, And I'm curious to know, how do you ensure that you stay on top of the issues and the debate over some of them so that you're really informed and up to date with current research? That's part of your job, I imagine. So can can you just share with us how you do that so that if anyone's listening wants to ensure that they stay on top of these issues too, that they can? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I guess we live increasingly in an age where there is so much information, you know, it's, it can be quite overwhelming sometimes. Um, 
But, you know, part of my job, and I think before I even started working properly in this area, I really, I always have liked to be informed. Um, before I was, I guess, an active activist or campaigner, um, I, I've always liked to know what's going on. But it, it can be tricky. So I guess I get my information through a whole lot of different ways. Um, mostly digital, but I do have a couple of go-to friends that I call up if I if something new is popping up and I need a synopsis because they're like those fabulous sort of human resources. They'll give me a five-minute incredibly incisive download of, <laughs> of a particular issue, which I'm a bit time poor. Um, but apart from those amazing human, human wonderful friends that I have, can do that. Um, I guess a number of ways of through Twitter, if it's up to the up to the second news, and I follow particular influential people and subscribe to a number of. I guess I've got my lists that I've collected or got from other people that will keep me up to date with the particular issues that I am most focused on. Obviously, through email, I get huge amount. I'm on a number of lists, but I also get um, a lot of alerts. Um, when things are happening, either through friends or colleagues, or through you know alerts to set through different news media sites. Obviously, the news and <laughs> radio listener. Yeah, so largely digitally, um, and I read the paper every morning because I'm a little bit of a traditionalist in some ways, <laughs> um, and I do actually really like to sit down and read the paper paper. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah, and of course through Facebook, of course. Yes. <laughs> of course. So, yeah, largely digitally, but, you know, not all. <laughs> mm. And I love that you, when you mentioned Twitter then, I've been hearing a lot lately in the coaching and online business world that Twitter is dying. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> um, I've actually found that maybe it is for business and coaching. I don't have any evidence to support this. This is just my experience. Yeah. <laughs> I've had, yeah, I've, I've, felt that maybe in the coaching and online business world it has but in the advocacy and academic and kind of author world I just find the conversation just so that happen on there just so up to date and uh, vibrant and challenging and open and I love it (laughs) yeah it's um I know I I got this wonderful set of emails a couple of months or a few months ago and they sort of went the subject was like Twitter is dead and I was like no not really almost maybe not maybe oh maybe not (laughs) but yeah so it has perhaps Twitter is dying some of my social media specialist friends do tell me this may be the case but um I think for the moment in terms of getting really up to this second news particularly you know if events are happening and you're following the people who are going to be there um, and tweeting a lot um, I think that's that's what I use it for to get that really up to I mean for the vibrant conversations but that happen but also just to make sure that we're really up to the minute you know you'll always get the excellent longer analysis afterwards um, Mm. but sometimes that might come through for you know a few hours and I guess in the campaign landscape you need to be onto it yeah don't yeah don't die twitter don't die (laughs) I know. <laughs> please, please, please. Absolutely. Uh, I'm also intrigued to ask you about who inspires you. So who inspires you to, you know, keep on doing what you're doing and and to dream for others? Yeah, um that's a that's a great question. And it's I guess there's so many people who inspire me. <laughs> um I'm, you know, in my daily life, I'm surrounded by amazing individuals who I work with directly, who I play with, um, just really wonderful, big hearted, brilliant people who just make my brain be set alight constantly. Um and that's in my immediate 
physical space. But I suppose the people that really inspire me the most are my colleagues and friends living in places like Bangladesh or Vanuatu or Fiji or Mozambique who are just doing the most profoundly inspiring work, in many cases in the most arduous circumstances and in many cases very difficult or dangerous circumstances. And these people are really stepping up, these wonderful human beings, and taking a stand and saying, this is not right and I'm going to do something about it. And so I think those are the people, and there's many of them for me. There's a few people that are very dear friends, and I guess they inspire me because we have a very strong heart connection. But there's so many people, and I mean, I guess one of the great things about my job for me is that I get to, you know, connect with these amazing human beings all the time. Um, I get to talk to them on the phone. I get to Skype with them. I get to contact them quite a lot and hear about this work that they're doing. And that, I guess that's what really makes me go. When I'm feeling a little bit tired, I just early go, no, come on, let's go. Look at this work that's happening. Look at these wonderful people who are making such profound change and have just such huge hearts and are doing this with incredible grace and just goodwill and beautifulness. Um, and that makes me keep going. So, yeah, I'm just very lucky to be surrounded by these wonderful people. And I guess what I was saying before that, you know, there is a growing collective movement globally and it is this thing, like once you get into it, you become part of a wonderful, huge, diverse family and you do make these incredible relationships with people that you may have never thought that you would have in your life um, and it is just the best thing ever. <laughs> yes, yes. Goosebumps. <laughs> 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 I imagine that amongst all of that, though, too, you hear some pretty horrible and upsetting stories and may have even witnessed some things yourself that have been upsetting in your work. So is that where you draw your strength from in those situations as well, is from this beautiful community of people that have gradually built up around you over time? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I guess in, in our work we are confronted daily by you know, at a remove from here in Australia, but not always at a remove from here in Australia because there's some pretty horrendous things happening to our First Nations people here in Australia right now and to other communities in Australia. But most of the people that I work with are living abroad um, and are confronting some horrendous situations of the most incredible magnitude. So I guess on a daily basis, we, you know, I, we are seeing terrible things happening in the world to people that we know. Um, and to communities that we work with. Um, and, but as you said, I mean, that's absolutely right. When I, when sometimes you feel like, oh, it's, you know, the world can be a pretty ugly place. But then I turn around and I look at these wonderful people who are just doing so much work with such huge hearts to create change in the most, you know, sometimes in the most horrific circumstances. And you really see the human spirit and you see just these brilliant, smart people taking a stand and saying, no, I'm going to take a stand for my community's land and my family's air and water and food and I'm not going to let people take this away from me or from my community and that makes me stand up a lot straighter. Mm. I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and that hope is then revived. <laughs> That hope is then revived, you know, and that's, I think that is the most inspiring thing 
you know, it's and I guess the other part of it is, you know, living living a, a balanced life. I think for us all to be the most effective and the most powerful and to be able to do this work for a long, long time for our whole lives, then, you know, we need to make sure that, you know, we do a lot of work and we also, we play. So, uh, you know, I go surfing a lot and that's my, that's my break. And I sit out there and go, oh, look at this. Um, <laughs> so it's keeping that that balance while working as hard as you can, but keeping that real balance and keeping all of that joy in your life, I think is really, really important. And surrounding yourself with people who are joyful and doing wonderful things and and then, you know, it all flows. Have you found it difficult to find that balance? I know some people have when they're such big-hearted and generous people. Uh, has that been something that you've had to tinker with over time or is it something you've been so conscious of from the beginning? No, it's definitely been a tinkering of quite serious proportions. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got to a good spot now. But, no, I went, uh, yeah, a few years ago I think I was, you know, when I was doing a lot of environmental campaigning, you know, I was just you know, working around the clock, I was pretty fired up about things and coming at things, doing some great work, but coming at things from a place of love, but also a place of anger and really just like, right, there's so much to be done. We have to keep going. You know, I've got to work 16 hour days, seven days a week. And, you know, really just to the point of exhaustion. And then I guess, uh, you know, a few things happened and I remember having a moment where I looked around and I was like, well, if I keep going like this, I'm either going to, you know, burn out and be completely useless to anybody or I'm going to become like quite a, you know, bitter person, which is not bitter, but as someone who I don't necessarily want to be. And so that, that was good. That was, there were some good lessons. And I guess, and living in places like um, Vanuatu, I had a, a wonderful thing happen. We were on deadline for, for our project and, and one of one of my my friends and colleagues, you know, they were like, "Okay, I'm leaving," and I said, "Okay, well, I've got to finish this." And she said, "Well, I'm not going to be doing any work on the weekend." And I was like, "Oh, you know, we've got this deadline," and you know, we were speaking in Vishlama, but I won't do the Vishlama. <laughs> and she said, she and she said this wonderful thing, and I, I can't really quite capture it properly um, as articulately as she said it, but she said, she said, "Look, Ola, she said, we're we're working for a better world. That's why we're doing this work. We're working for a world where." I can go and spend wonderful time with my kids and with my family and have this beautiful, joyful time. And she's like, if we're not, if we, if we can't make space and sometimes we can't make space and sometimes people just cannot for many reasons, but she's like that joyful time with the people you love, a lot of that, that's the reason why we're doing this. So if we're not doing it, then we don't really know what we're working towards. Does that make sense? And I went, ah, I was like, right. Okay. Yes. Yes, I'm going now. <laughs> I'm turning off the computer. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, I guess, and, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, humans are not in a position when they can do that because, you know, obviously as we're seeing horrendous things happening around the world, but, but if we can do that and if we have the opportunity to spend that time while also doing really important work, um, then I think that's really important so that we can keep going and that, so that we know what we're working for. Mm, it's much more sustainable for everyone yeah yeah absolutely yeah I have one last question and that yeah. is <laughs> what is next what's next for you and for Oxfam um, as you as you keep on going it's just do you have anything new coming up or is it keeping plugging away with all those balls you're juggling <laughs> 
um, we'll, there's always new things popping up and I guess that's one of the great things about working as a campaigner. No day is the same um, and there's always new situations that pop up. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're working on the same issues that we've worked on for a while and, you know, we're, we'll continue to really campaign and advocate for change in particular areas and I love being in this in this wonderful organisation. So I'll be continuing to to plug away and try to make as much change as possible. Um, and, yeah, so I guess we, we, you know, we're moving forward. We're always progressing. We're always trying to look at ways where we can, you know, be more innovative and work in different and exciting new directions while also doing the things that we know really work. So I guess it's, you know, in, as I said, it's an exciting time. I think there's there's a lot of shifts happening and, and I can feel and, you know, I guess I do have a bit of a cynical part to me, but I can feel a lot of change happening fundamentally. Things are shifting, I think, and we, and while at the same time things feel like they're getting pretty dark sometimes and often, you know, we you turn on the news or you look what's happening in many parts of the world and there's some really ugly, terrible, horrific things happening. But at the same time, as I said, there's a lot of people who are really working and doing wonderful things to create change. So I think... We'll see how we go, but I think there's there's movement, and um, we'll keep we'll keep moving forward. And I guess really trying to inspire and activate as many people as possible to to jump on this incredible global movement for change because it's it's crucial now. We're at a crucial time where things do need to shift in our world. And I can see how it's so important to keep those two thoughts in mind. Like the first around yeah. it being, you know, how how bad the situation is and how it is getting worse in, in, in some of these areas and then also the hope and the, the change that is happening and uh, that inspiration and, and momentum, I guess. it's You need to kind of keep them both, the balance of them both in check as we yes. move forward. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a balancing act and sometimes one of them takes more precedence over the other, but I think there's, yeah, those, those things, there's urgency and then incredible hope at the same time as it may not look like it should be there. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, a lot of faith there by the sounds of it. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Dream for Others podcast. And I, I've taken, I've got the biggest smile on my face. My cheeks are hurting <laughs> as you've been talking. <laughs> so thank you so much. I'm sure the listeners will get as much from, from it as what I have. Oh, thank you so much, Naomi. It's such a pleasure to, to be with you today. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Dream for Others podcast with Naomi Arnold. For episode notes, further inspiration, and access to my free resources, please visit naomiarnold.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to please subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, and share it with your friends or peers. Let's continue to dream for others and I'll talk to you soon.